Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is for customer service only and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Ng Associates, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro with over 20 years' experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I have an MBA in finance, also a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro, and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 20 years. We're excited to have you listening to our show this week. Um, We are right here every week up on podcast exclusively every Friday afternoons on uh, iTunes and our website, MoneyMD. Yeah, you can go to the the website, MoneyMD.net. We have a link on the right-hand corner that takes you to the the podcast. And uh, you can get past podcasts. We have them categorized. Easy way to listen. You can listen from your computer, download them to your your smart device if you have one of those, and um, just hang out with the Money Doctors anywhere. That's right. It's a great way to listen right there on your smartphone and, you know, just listen to our old shows. Um, There are great topics out there. There's a wealth of knowledge, John. There on really our is. website, yep. I mean, we've covered everything. Uh, yeah, I can I can think of anyway. Yes, you know, over the past five years, we and really have pretty much all that stuff's out there talking about it's been Medicare. Five years, hasn't it? It yeah. has been five years, yeah, over five years now. Yeah, that's a long and, time. Uh, it's a long time, and there's a lot of topics out there. So you know, search through our old shows and and pick your favorite topic, something you want to know more about. That information doesn't change very often, and there's a wealth of knowledge there, and uh, we really got it covered. So, But we're excited to have about our show today as well, because we have some great information to talk about. Um, you know, John, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about retirement. That's an exciting time, and we got some more excitement to add to it here, because there are some things that get cheaper in retirement. Really? Yeah, there are. We got 10 things here that get cheaper in retirement, and you know what you can use that money for? For vacation, for funding right. your bucket Call list, vacations. your <laughs> retirement bucket list. We got the ways that you're going to be able to save money and be able to fund those items in retirement. It's pretty exciting, so you'll want to tune in for these. Yeah, and then the the, the next topic is um, uh, how to handle a windfall of money, and and you know sometimes you know they're very unusual circumstances where someone wins a lottery and that's going to be a piece of this but it's also steve when you inherit money um you know maybe you get a big bonus we're going to kind of talk about the the process and some of the questions and thoughts you got to go through when you do get that lump sum of money it could be 25 it could be two hundred fifty thousand dollars. it could be a couple million so you know it, it, there's some things and some steps that you're going to want to take when you get that um, to make sure that you handle that the right way. Yeah, that's a good topic because it is hard to hang on to that money. We see that time and again, mm-hmm. people that inherit money or get a windfall, and it slips right through their fingers most of the time. It does. So you have to be careful and be ahead of, be aware of it ahead of time. So great topic. But we're going to start off here with our financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from Health Affairs and uh, talks about health care spending, Steve. And this is Really interesting. Healthcare spending in the United States reached $3.2 trillion. That's with a T wow. in 2015. That's almost 20% of the nation's economy. Wow. That's Isn't that amazing? a lot of money we spent on healthcare. It really is. And actually, it's about $10,000 per person. If you go back to 1995, it was only about $4,000 per person. So it's more than doubled. Um, you know, yeah, in those 20 years. Yeah, and that's it's almost a, a triple in 20 years. Yeah, it's an alarming number. 
that is alarming. I mean, if that happened again, it would consume like, I mean, particularly lately. I mean, I look at the last couple of years. I think it's gotten even worse mm, in the last absolutely. couple of years. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kathy's insurance with the girls, it it doubled. Uh, the premium did from this year to next year. Yeah. I mean, a double. If it kept do, if we keep going at the rate we're going the last couple of years, it would consume the entire economy in yeah. twenty years. There's some good things about Obamacare that that need to be kept, but there's sure. some things that need to be changed. I hope Trump fixed. can 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 look at this from a business standpoint, do the right thing for not only businesses but also the individuals as well. Something needs to change. It's not. Yeah. Can't continue in this direction. Unfortunately, there are some real ways to contain costs, and none of that was addressed yeah, in the Affordable Care Act. None of it. I mean, not the real ways to, to address costs. So hopefully, you know, there'll be some big savings down the road, and we won't see this trend continue. But it is a very interesting fact of the week and very important fact of the week. So good deal. Um, but we're going to talk about something more more. Uh, Pleasant upbeat. here, more upbeat here. <laughs> and that is retirement. Yes, and these are the cost savings in retirement. We have the ten cost savings in retirement to fund your bucket list. I mean, these are the things that you're going to be able to carve some savings out of to fund your trip to I don't know the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. wherever it is. Your your bucket list item to go, you know, and do once you retire. These are things that are going to save you some real money. And yes, yeah, sometimes I mean life actually does get cheaper. You know, in in retirement, particularly even after inflation, um, this is based on a list uh, out of a recent article uh, from Yahoo Finance. Jeff Yeager, I think, is the author of this. Some of this information, but you know, I mean, after after retire, um, it happens to be that some things do get cheaper. Medical costs, sure, that'll probably get more expensive, as we just talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, until you hit sixty five and you can roll in Medicare. But not working also has its benefits when it comes to expenses. Well, most people still want to enjoy the same standard of living once they hang up their lunch boxes. I mean, these cost reductions will make it easier on the wallet in your leisure years. Many people are surprised that so many expenses are, in fact, related to their 9-to-5 job. Um, and that means that if you if you saved well for retirement, these cost reductions will free up money to work off that long-awaited bucket list of travel and other hobbies in retirement. So here's our list of 10 things that will make that dream trip closer to reality once you retire. Yeah, and the first one here, Steve, is is taxes. I mean, you'll probably pay less in income taxes. Uh, You know, taxpayers 65 and older who don't itemize will receive a higher standard deduction, so that should help. Uh, You'll also no longer have to pay Social Security and Medicare uh, in retirement, uh, of course, unless you start working again, so that's about a seven, you know, seven point six five percent savings, just that's right big, off the top. That's a big saving. It right really is. It's very, very big. You also may qualify for a property tax exemption, you know, depending on your age, income, and where you live. And in you know, many states, um, they give retirees over age sixty-five a uh, a large tax deduction, which makes the state income tax. Very low, and this is uh, also true in South Carolina and Georgia as well. So taxes should be lower, maybe in a lower tax bracket as well, right? You know, based right. on your income and so forth. So um, tax, you can save money in retirement. There, there'll it's be a lot of big savings in taxes. Most retirees we sit down with, they pay almost no state income tax. A lot of them don't, um, particularly once they're over age sixty-five. So there's going to be some significant savings there. So chalk that one up to free and money up for the bucket list. There you go. I That's like number it. one. Next one here is retirement contributions. 
Um, yeah, this seems like a no-brainer, but a lot of people forget this. I mean, you'll no longer be contributing to your 401k or your IRA once you retire. And when budgeting for retirement, people sometimes forget that's a significant portion of their mm-hmm. pre-retirement income that goes to retirement plans. The maximum contribution is $24,000 for a 401k plan in 2016 for folks over 50 and making the makeup contribution of 6000 So, you know, this is one more of the prime reasons why retirees only need about 70 to 80% of your pre-retirement income to enjoy the same standard of living in retirement because you won't be paying as much in taxes and you won't be making retirement plan contributions. So, so that's a good one. Next one here on the list is insurance. Um, and this is one that people usually forget about. Depending on your situation, it might be possible to totally forego uh, life and disability insurance once you've retired. I mean, since most retirees have some type of survivor options on their pension, and your spouse can draw um, on your social, the higher the two social securities once you're gone, then many couples don't need to carry life insurance into retirement. You know, also many retirees today receive their income from their 401k and their IRA savings in retirement. Naturally, if those balances are maintained, then the income stream for those can also carry forward and continue once the first spouse has passed away. You know, so since these income streams will still be available for your surviving spouse, then the need for life insurance may be greatly diminished in retirement. So that could be a big cost savings. Also, you may be eligible for lower car insurance premiums as well. You know, if you're putting fewer miles in your car, likewise, if your car is older, um, you have the, the, the savings to replace it maybe, then you might make sense to drop the comprehensive coverage on your uh, automobile in retirement. So between lower car insurance, reduced need for life insurance, you know, possibly no disability insurance, you know, there's a good chance you'll be saving thousands of dollars on insurance payments in retirement each year. Yeah, I think people do overlook that one as well. Right. You know, as they, as they look at the costs they need, um, you know, in retirement. Another one here on the list, Steve, is, is car cost. I mean, you know, speaking of cars, many retirees say they drive less. Um, you know, and less as they age. I mean, the older you get, the lesser in the cars. Um, you know, you have less commutes, um, you know, less gas and maintenance on your vehicles. AAA says that the uh, average cost or the average um, amount spent on a car per year is $8,700. Wow, that's a lot. Right? So this may be an opportunity to uh, to cut back to one car or at most two cars. Maybe you don't need that third car. Some people even have you know, four cars as well. So at least you're not, um, you know, pounding the pavement on that busy morning commute. And um, besides the money, it's going to be less stressful. So that's a health benefit. It's a nice intangible. So car costs, and that is true. We see that with older clients who are just not driving around as much. And maybe you don't need two newer cars, too. Maybe you can let one of them, you know, kind of stick around and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, you got more time. And if it breaks down, it's not quite such a big deal because you're not hitting the big commute to to work every day. You have one car that you can take on trips. It's more reliable. Depreciation is a huge savings in in car cost if you own an older car. We've talked about that many times. Mm -hmm. So. You know, that's a big way to save a lot of money is just not replacing the car with a brand new car every five years like lots of people do. Um, another savings, though, is clothing and dry cleaning. Yeah, I mean, once you leave the workday world, you won't have to dress to impress anymore. 
I mean, consider donating, you know, a lot of those business clothes to charity and, you know, get the tax write-off. It may not seem like much, but clothes, dry cleaning, that can really add up if you have a professional attire you have to maintain while you're working. So, you know, there's a big potential cost savings there. Another one is coworker gifts. How about that? You, uh, have you given me a gift lately? Well, John, you know, we're talking mainly about the ladies here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we Us uh, guys, you know, we just we do the, to. We just do the high five, you know, happy birthday, yeah, man. That's right. We don't need you the know, gift. Congratulations on the anniversary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it is It is a lot. A lot of the ladies, you know, if you're in a female office environment, I mean, yeah, you Trade they, gifts. They do yeah. a lot of gifting, and uh, gifts are a larger part of most budgets than most people recognize mm-hmm. or admit. You know, once you leave the workplace, I mean, this can be a significant savings, particularly for many female office groups. You know, I don't mean to be sexist here, but it, yeah. but it is true. No, it really is. So, I mean, you you no longer have to, you know, chip in for office birthday parties, buying holiday gifts for business colleagues or support the latest fundraising activities <laughs> yeah. of coworkers and their kids, you know, <laughs> yeah. this can add up as well. So yeah. there's another item there you can, you yeah. can, you can trim Mix. down in your budget. Yeah, absolutely. Another one here on the list is commuting costs. And we talked about the cars a little bit, Steve, but you know, for folks that live in big cities, I mean, there, there is a cost to, to get into those big cities. I mean, it's can be $12 per day on average, about parking and and so forth you know chicago san francisco uh, you know i'm not sure necessarily that uh, you have to deal with that down here in the south the toll roads up north you don't have to um to 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 do down in the south so this is probably more of a big city type type it item is. but it does cost i mean there are costs to commute into some big cities well as we mentioned too i mean just just owning a newer car the wear mm-hmm. and tear depreciation right. and all adds up so if you can cut that down you'll You'll have a pretty big savings there. You know, recreation entertainment is another one. Now, I'm not sure I agree with this one because I plan to do a lot more recreation entertainment once I'm retired. But (laughs) having said that, you know, seniors do seem to get all the perks. You know, I mean, thanks to the likes of the AARP, senior discounts and freebies are everywhere. Everything from discount matinees at the movies and you know, a $10 lifetime pass to America's national parks to free or discounted fishing, hunting licenses in many states, and free coffee. It's possible to have a lot more fun on the cheap once you're retired. Yeah, so my my philosophy is enjoy that. Take advantage of all those perks once you retire. You know, us working folks, we don't have time to enjoy them anyway. <laughs> But does that sound kind of jealous? Yes. Yeah, it is a little jealous. <laughs> yeah, okay, absolutely. so if you're retired, go out there, enjoy the perks because you've earned them. That's right. There you go. Our next one here is home repairs and chores. When you're working nine to five, it's easy to outsource simple household jobs such as you know mowing the lawn, cleaning the house. Home repairs can be a huge expense. You know, a little plumbing here and there, a little electrical here and there. You know, when you're retired. You'll have time to do those tasks yourself, and you can save thousands of dollars if you're so inclined to do your own home repairs and, you know, maybe some minor car repairs, changing your brake pads, for instance. I got that one on my list at home. (laughs) I mean, those are expensive if you take all that stuff in. So, you know, with the do-it-yourself clinics offered online by many of the home improvement stores and and YouTube.com, don't underestimate that. That's right. That has a lot of You can find a YouTube video for anything, and it is very helpful. So you might even be able to tackle some of those more challenging household projects on your own. Big cost savings there if you're willing to spend your time, you know, 
learning some of that stuff. Yeah, that's a good one. Another one here, Steve, is, is dining out. Now, this one can go either way. It can. Right? Some people are, are going to actually eat out more. But, um, you know, unless you were a dedicated brown bagger taking your, your lunch to uh, to work, you could see a big savings but just by eating at the house. So exactly. if you're eating out a lot, you know, and a lot of people certainly do that. Plus, with your extra free time, you'll probably prepare more meals at home, uh, not to mention taking advantage of, you know, early bird and other senior discounts when, when dining out. So with your new flexible schedule, you know, it's time to learn the art of healthy culinary habits, and you can start saving pig on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. you got to be careful there, though, because eating out, you know, that can – that can break the budget as well as, you know, the health piece. Well, it can. It can. And you can spend a lot of money if you try to go overboard on, on buying, like, exquisite stuff mm-hmm. to cook at home, too. So you can spend a lot of money on that, too. But you got to be careful. There. There's some opportunities there for sure, though, to save some money if you're not eating out all the time. Travel is the last one here. I mean, once you're retired, you'll probably want to travel and vacation more, not less, right? Maybe so, but many retirees report that once they have the free time and the flexibility to travel in the off-season, they can take advantage of a lot of the last-minute deals, which are a steal. I mean, you can save a ton of money if you can do it last-minute and if you can go off-season. For instance, if you you go to Disney World before Christmas, it's a ton cheaper than going after Christmas. That's probably the only off-season they have. And that's about yeah. it. That's yeah. about it. The week before Christmas, me and Josh used to travel all over, you know, do a little trip for the guys yeah. the week before Christmas. We would get like half price everywhere we went. I mean, ski resorts, you know, whatever we did, you get it a lot cheaper. right? Before, and there's no crowds. That's the time to do it. And once you're retired, you can, you can key in on those things. Plus, last-minute deals. You can go to some nice places if you book it last-minute you know, and, and get their empty space. So there's some huge discounts there. So as you can see, I mean, while some things might get more expensive in retirement, there are a whole host of things that could lead to significant cost savings, you know, and be able to help fund the bucket list in retirement. The key is successful planning, though, in retirement is to plan well. So, you know, give us a call if we can help you with the retirement planning piece. You need to plan for all these items, but there's some opportunities there yeah, for sure. absolutely. Good one. All right, that leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah, this is um, from uh, from a client talking about um, bonds. So they have a lot of uh, single-E and double-E government bonds. So the question is, is, should I cash those in or should I just keep them? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and this stemmed from uh, somebody I met with here the other day. And unfortunately, their grandparents had a lot of money in single-E bonds. Mm. They used to be called war bonds, single-E bonds. And unfortunately, those bonds mature and stop paying interest after 30 or 40 years. So double-E bonds are the same way. They mature after 30 years. So you need to pay attention to this. After 30 years, your double-E bonds are not going to pay any more interest. If you got single-E bonds, they're no longer paying mm-hmm. interest. Those ended long ago. And, you know, for these folks that I talked to, it ended back in the 70s for them. So they missed out on another, like, doubling their money wow. had they renewed them back yeah, in the 70s. That's a big number. You know, 35 years ago. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you need to pay attention to these bonds. If you're buying new bonds today, double E bonds are only paying 0.1%. Not a good deal. You don't want to buy double E bonds. If you have the old ones, they're probably, you know, paying pretty well if you've owned them over 10 years. 
Um, but after 30 years, it's, it's done. So pay attention to those. You can actually go to treasurydirect.gov to, um, to, and right. you can put your serial number in and it'll show you the value of the bond and how much it's earning. So that's yep. a good way to, to take a look and check it out. So check out your bonds, pay attention to those, make sure you don't uh, own some really old ones that aren't paying any more interest. Okay, and that leads up to our next topic here, and that is talking about windfalls. When you get some money that just kind of dumps in your lap, what do you do with it, John? Good question, Steve. This this comes from uh, Marketing Pro. It's a subscription service we have, and they have some pretty good articles out there. And you know, this is a, a topic that comes up periodically. Um, this article, you know, does talk about some lottery winners, um, which doesn't happen too often. But Not too what often. happens more frequently is inheriting, uh, you know, money from from parents or maybe a, a settlement from some type of lawsuit. We see that sometimes, and you know, getting rich quick it can be liberating, but it can also be frustrating. I mean, sudden wealth, you know, can can help you resolve some of your anxieties. It can fund, you know, retirement, you know, maybe college educations. But the newfound freedom can also lead um, you know, to, to some anxiety as well. So you got to be careful uh, on how you deal, deal with this. You also have a taxes you have to look True. at. Um, you know, it may attract more attention from your friends and family. You may have, you know, more friends and family than you realized. Yeah, whenever, if they know you got money, it will they will show up. I've seen that many times. <clears throat> yeah, there may be jealousy, envy from from certain people, um, you know, you may have to deal with grief or stress during that process, um, as sometimes the lump sums may be linked to a death or maybe divorce or pension payout. So, you know, there's a, it's very emotional, I guess, is, is a takeaway from this, you know, leading into this topic is it, there's some good things about it, but it can also be very, very stressful. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've seen this happen over the last 20 plus years, you know, in this business. Um, you know, I actually had a client that won the lottery one time, won a half million dollars in the lottery. Ah, okay. Pretty nice, uh, pretty nice windfall. And yeah, he spent a little bit of that, um, right off the bat. And I've had some clients that, that had a, had a lawsuit, um, you know, big, big settlement. Um, that money went, just got drizzled right out of her hands, um, in -hmm. no time. Um, you know, every family member came, hit them up and they could say, they couldn't say no, and, uh, you know, sure enough, and you've seen lots of people inherit money, uh, life insurance policies, that sort of thing. And a lot of times the same thing, you know, people start hitting them up for money. So you have to be careful there. I mean, windfalls don't always lead to happy endings. In fact, they list an example here of Bud Post, who won more than $16 million in the Pennsylvania lottery in 1988. Eighteen years later, he passed away owing more than a million dollars after business failures and bad investments. Along the way, his girlfriend successfully sued him for some of the money, and his brother hired a hitman <laughs> to try to take him out, hoping to inherit some of the money. No. So, yeah, there's some real bad examples out there. That's bad. That would be that was that's pretty bad. That's weird but, uh, and um, and tragic as well. But you know, windfalls also don't necessarily mean that um, it's going to breed old old money, right? I mean, uh, without some long range vision, uh, one generation's wealth may not transfer to the next. You know, the Wall Street Journal did some studies on this, and on average, 70% of wealth built by one generation is lost by the next, and two generations later, an average of 90% of it disappears. Right. So, you know, it, it, it part of the responsibility when you do have wealth is training the next generation on how to handle it properly. That's right. Right. So, so there are some wise steps that you can take when you do receive a windfall. So we're going to walk through those. Um, you know, and, and try to help you out on this. Um, you know, the first one is maybe keep quiet. 
you know, if you can. Yeah, Try, exactly. You know, if you aren't in the spotlight and you don't announce it to people, um, you know, who really needs to know about this wealth? I mean, if you think about it, it's not something that should be public knowledge. Obviously, the IRS <laughs> will know about it. Um, maybe financial professionals um, who you consult or hire, maybe an attorney, but the list doesn't need to be much longer than that. You may want to limit who you tell uh, about this newfound wealth because it can lead into, um, you know, some issues. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, the one example I had was, you know, this <clears throat> young lady that, that got a big settlement. She definitely told a lot of people, and um, for long, <laughs> they came calling and, mm. you know, uh, beat her out of some of that money. So it's not a good thing. Uh, you definitely want to keep quiet, you know, and if you can, um, I mean, sometimes you can't, you know, like if you won a lottery <clears throat> or you sold your company, signed a big, big deal, um you know, then your wealth's publicized, maybe, you know, if it's an inheritance, it might be public knowledge. You know, you can expect friends and strangers to come knocking at your door, you know, charities and everybody and the like. So you got to be fair, firm, you got to be fair and friendly, but you got to avoid handling these requests yourself, you know. I mean, <clears throat> that's first. I mean, you know, generous handouts, you know, may risk the open the door, opening the door to floodgate of subsequent handouts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let your financial team review appeals for loans, business proposals, and pipe dreams. You need to have a financial team that does that for you yep. so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you need to make sure you have some skilled professionals in your corner. I mean, CPAs, attorneys, wealth managers um, had a, a client who sold a business for a couple million dollars and you know, that's what he did, and he was it was wise to do that. He saved some taxes, and, and we've developed a plan for the long term. So, you know, get some professionals in your corner. Um, you know, think in stages. I mean, when, when you get a big lump sum that enhances your, your financial standing, you, you know, you need to think about the immediate future, um, the near future, and also look out into, into the future, into retirement or decades ahead. And many people celebrate their good fortune when they receive the wealth. Um, and they live in the moment, only to wonder years later, you know, where that moment went. And the money is like you've kind of, you know, shed light on. If you don't do some planning, the money will slip through your fingers. Uh, you know, in the immediate future, an infusion of wealth may give you some tax dilemmas. So, you know, you may want to um, reconsider beneficiary designations on IRAs, retirement plans, insurance policies. Uh, your estate plan uh, probably needs to be reviewed, you know, looking at wills and trust. Um, you know, there needs to be a a plan in place. And and I can't emphasize that enough is, you know, when you get this, you know, just kind of stop, pause, and then then connect yourself with some professionals. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of important questions you need to ask yourself and you need to get answers to. You know, I mean, how about the next few years? Um, What does financial independence or greater freedom mean for you? Um, How do you want to spend your time? Should you continue in your present career? Should you stick with your business or sell it or transfer ownership? What kinds of near-term possibilities does this open up for you? You know, what are the concrete financial steps that could help you to defer reduced taxes in the next few years? How can risk be sensibly managed, you know, as some or all these assets are invested? So you need to look at all those questions. You need to get answers to them, and you need a financial team to help you with that. Yeah, that's right. And so one of the the things we recommend to to folks is – Think about doing nothing for a while. I mean, there's nothing wrong with with sitting on that money, keeping it in a bank, secure, uh, and keep quiet about it. You can start interviewing professionals and so forth, Um, but there's nothing wrong with kind of stepping back and and pausing 
um, because we see people making sudden impulsive moves and that can backfire and, and you can either be hit with taxes or you lose your money. And so, um, so, you know, do a plan, you know, sit down with some professionals, CPAs, tax attorneys, uh, estate planning, uh, financial advisors. Um, if you have any questions or need help in this area, we'll certainly, uh, happy to, to sit down and talk with you, but, uh, it's a positive experience, but it, you know, it, stress comes with it as well. And I'll finish with, even if you get a small windfall this Christmas, maybe grandma gives you some stock or you get, you know, some mm-hmm. money from, from your parents or grandparents, <clears throat> you know, be thoughtful about that money, mm-hmm. what you do with it. Don't go out and blow it. Maybe you fund a Roth IRA. Maybe you spend a little bit of it, enjoy some of it, but you save the majority of it for the future. Have a plan. Don't even let, you know, a few thousand dollars, you know, yep. escape you. Um, you want to make sure you, you have a good plan for everything you get. So great topic. And that leads us up here to our final one, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, so th- during the holiday season, Steve, uh, we're recommending that you step back, reflect on your blessings, uh, You know, list two financial wins that you've had over the year and two non-financial wins. I uh, had a, a meeting with a client this week, and um, they're doing really well income-wise building a new house and they're just kind of going in a lot of different directions and they weren't real positive about their financial situation. So we kind of talked through this a little bit and they've done some really good things. They paid off all their debt. They have a $90,000 emergency fund. Nice. Um, so they, they, they're getting some wins. And so one of the recommendations is, is to do a net worth statement okay. that just shows, yeah. you know, your assets and liabilities yep. and, and you can kind of step back a little bit and see that you're making progress because they're saving in 401ks and they're paying off debt. So those are two really good steps that they're hitting that they just don't it's getting lost in the shuffle a yeah little bit. <clears throat> i mean it helps you build some momentum if you can you know kind of see the positives in what you've accomplished so right. far and uh plus i just like the idea of just just reflecting on your blessings i mean we are very blessed mm-hmm. here in the united states yeah. i mean you think about the poor people in syria you oh, know uh, their country's been devastated yeah uh, war torn i mean we are just very blessed to live in america so there's a lot to be thankful for this this christmas season and uh you know we need to count our blessings and be positive be optimistic going in the future uh i think optimistic and positive thinking you know helps you to be successful as well yeah i agree it's a good prescription of the week. All right, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next Saturday to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Um, check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, Richard Young Associates, 706 739 0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one.